0: Are you looking to take your media strategy to the next level and make impact with millions of customers? Walmart Connect harnesses the massive reach of America's number one retailer. They can help you connect more meaningfully with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers to find the right audience for your message. They use Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to help you precisely target even niche audiences at scale. Visit walmartconnect.com today to see how they can help you find the customers you want at the scale
1: you need. And happy Friday, everybody. We are back with another amazing episode. I hope you all had a great week. It's time to relax and unwind. And speaking of relaxing and unwinding... We have Brian Bowles here, who is the co founder of Core by HyperEyes. And Core is a really cool tool that helps you meditate and focus. They have a membership that has different trainings and things to help you with focusing and meditation and mindfulness. And I'm one that just started doing something like this this year, and it's really helped me with my anxiety and just focusing and just having a better overall. just mental health space, honestly, just whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, or at the end of the day, just finding that time to kind of just sit with my thoughts and just relax. And all that jazz has just been really helpful to me. And so Brian's here to walk us through of what core is meditation, how it's helpful. So if you're someone who likes to meditate, relax, mindfulness, wants to know what is it and if it's actually a thing and works you've come to the right place so let's get ready for today's episode brian how are you welcome to the show i'm great how are you Colin? what's up good good long time no see since brand week feels like it's been like a year ago but that was really only like what like two months ago if that yeah yeah time's starting to fly time's starting (laughs) to fly (laughs) a little time
2: down in miami but now it's gonna be back up here in boston
1: you know, look fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, d- but before we get started, we always do a question here of um, what the term young influential means to you. Hmm.
2: Who's young nowadays? I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm under 30, so you could call me young. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, I mean, influential to me, I guess just means a term type of leadership. So, you know leading, you know, it's not just like your resume, what you've been able to achieve, how old well you are, but it's, it's really just your influential and in like your circles that you exist in. So I think for me, it's definitely, you know, since I've been doing tech startups my whole career, like my friends will text me and look to me for advice on, hey, I have this idea for a company, like should I do it, should I do it, am I crazy? Uh, I think I've been influential in my circles uh, via that way, just entrepreneur, because I started my first company when I was 22. And I just dove right in. So I think I'm influential in that way. But yeah, it really is like any circle where you you very much have a voice, but you you know you know your shit, You know your shit. You don't need to know everything, but if you know your shit, <laughs> your your subject area, and you read and you stay on top of it, and then you can then then you can talk from there about that with your your circles. To me, that's that's influential.
1: Come on, thumbprint to the grain. Come on, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> But speaking of like young and back, take us back to like childhood, Brian was like health and fitness and like just being active, like always part of your upbringing or was that something you got into like later? Yeah, I think so. I mean,
2: so I mean, with fitness, I I always got, I got into sports pretty early. I play, I feel like now I've played pretty much every sport, like, you know, dabble with football, ice hockey, basketball, baseball, lacrosse. I did rowing in, in high school, um, And I think to me, it just taught me, I mean, just the basics of like moving your body, sweating, exercising is just good for like testosterone, for energy, you know, dopamine for just feeling (laughs) happy and, and joyful and like decreasing your cortisol, just like being less stressful and anxious. And and also just competitiveness. Like I'm a very competitive person for sure. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I think having a release to get that out. And to be honest, it's probably even a little bit of anger. I feel like it's as a <laughs> as a man nowadays, I can't. It's it's a lot harder to you know kind of uh, tap into your anger. So I think you need a, a way to release it in a like a productive, competitive fashion. So it's always it's always been important for me, just from like a feeling good perspective on a day to day basis. But I think just you know doing sports, especially like it builds. That appreciation for, you know, grit and discipline and training um, in anything you do, whether that's professional, academic, whatever it is, um, just an appreciation for hard work. And uh, that's definitely stuck with me. And, uh, but yeah, it's, it's for way more beyond just, you know, being able to run a faster mile or losing weight. It's just feeling good mentally as well.
1: Come on. Yeah. Like when you said you played every sport that made me think of like, back in high school, I remember we were ordering our Letterman jackets. In <laughs> our school, we only had basketball, tennis, and baseball. And I remember, like, yeah. we were looking at, like, Letterman patches of, like, random sports, like, rowing equestrian. And we all were like, let's <laughs> order these patches. And, like, our country would be like, we don't even have that. Like, why are you? Why do you want those patches? And I'm like, I don't know. It looks cool. And then, like, when I went to school in Boston, I remember, like, passing by Harvard and, like, seeing all, the, like, the rowing team and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was like, dang, I should have gone there. So I could, like. Be on the rowing team and, like, I don't know, they look cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We were the one rare, rare public
2: school to have a rowing team. When I grew up, yeah, I went to Hingham High School, the south of Boston, for any South for people who might know where that is. Yeah, we were right. on the ocean. So we were smashing our hands on the boat all the time because all the choppy water and freezing our butts off, but it was fun.
1: No, it's crazy. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, just something about that. And then, like, I was also the one that would go in and, like, buy the shirts. I would be, like, so and is rowing. And people would be, like, oh, you row? And they would, like, throw terms at me. And I'd be, like, what? And they'd be, like, your shirt. And I was, like, oh, I'm freaking out. I'm being an imposter today. And, like, yeah. <laughs> but was that, like, but going on to, like, college and stuff, did you, like, study, like, sports medicine? Or, like, did you kind of keep that up or no? Somehow I became a nerd and engineering. <laughs> I yeah I guess
2: I I always I was always good at math I was good at math I was really not good at reading and writing so I just I gravitated towards the technical ones and yeah I chose electrical engineering and then halfway through it I realized that all the jobs were in computer science and CS and like Google and Facebook and all the fancy tech companies and I totally fell into the hype of all that. And I got a taste of startups as well when I was uh, about a junior. We um, took a class out in Silicon Valley, and it was awesome. It gave me like it, it. really made me excited to just about the idea of just starting something from nothing, and being able to design a product that people actually use. So yeah, that's like you know I figured an engineering degree would at least get give me some hard skills to start with. But I mean, it's hard though because halfway through it, it's like what I'm passionate about you know sports fitness or whether it's meditation or whether it's um even music I was I had a lot of different side projects around music but I'm like how do I join those passions so it was definitely a risk it's like scary to this think like I'm gonna do this really nerdy engineering degree and probably <laughs> not uh have a ton of friends but because I'm working too much but it was, yeah, it was hard, but I mean, it definitely paid off, but it's, it, it's hard. It's scary to jump into something like that, that I just don't, I didn't honestly really identify with a lot of the people in my, in my degree programs, um, but it's worth it now, I guess.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> also cool that you saw, like, at that point where you're like, oh, I need to pivot. Cause I don't know, like, I feel like when a lot of us were like coming through, like we really didn't there's so many areas and avenues now that we didn't have like 10 years ago where that was cool. you were like, you know what? Like I'm seeing like computer engineering, all these things, like a pivot there. So you thought to like mm-hmm. think on your foot versus like what a lot of us, they were like, Oh, I'll figure it out later. And we just like continued down whatever. And then yeah, I'll yeah. figure it yeah. out.
2: <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't need to figure it out on day one. Like you read, you read all those stories about, you know, how Bill Gates was coding computer programs and he was 12. I'm like, Oh crap! Well, therefore, I can't do that because I haven't been coding since I was twelve. But no one does that, and I do think <laughs> they're overhyping so much of that. They probably touched one program, and they saw some code, but it's like I think that's that's just very, very intimidating. It's very, very intimidating, and I and I know so many friends, including myself too, that's like, oh my god, I haven't figured out my my path. I haven't figured out my path. I'm like, dude, you're seventeen, or you're even <laughs> like even you're twenty two, and you have your first job. Don't worry about it. You've got time. Um, I mean, it, it's, but I mean, it's very true. I, I'm, I'm very lucky in that I found what I love to do early. Lucky, but trust me, I have a lot of, friends. I, you know, even thinking through, I don't think I'm going to be doing the same type of thing for the rest of my career. I know there's going to be a lot of changes and that's fine. I think it's just the confidence to say, screw it. I know enough and I trust in myself enough. Let's take that jump.
1: Yeah, and I feel like a lot of times like people think they're like, oh, well, so-and-so, like, they went here and they did that, so it's just easy. But like you said, like, nobody knows, like, what they're destined to do at, like, 17 or 22. Like, when you're reflecting back on it and talking about it, it sounds like you just went from here to there to there, but it's like, no, when you're in it, it's messy and it's confusing and you have those nights where you're like, I don't know what to do with my life. Like, what's going on? Like yeah. that. But a lot of times, like, we leave that part out when they're telling, like, other people are story, but like nobody really knows what they're doing. And some no. careers that a lot of people are in, they're not even like built yet. Like I've talked to so many people who are now in the crypto space who crypto wasn't even like a big thing like 10 plus years ago, wasn't even here. Yeah. So okay. it's like you can't get bogged down where like your career might not be here yet. So you kind of just have to, like, I don't know, like go with the, go with the flow. <laughs> yeah,
2: you gotta you have some faith, I guess, some faith in yourself or faith in whatever it might be. But I think. There's a quote from Steve Jobs in one of his commencement speeches said you can only connect you can never connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect the dots looking back. Exactly. Everything yeah. mean, looks so logical. Oh I went to, you know, an engineering school, then I went to grad school, then I did a startup and then now I'm here. It's that was not planned out.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like when you're in the mix of it, you're scared and you're trying to figure it all out but like i said yeah looking back on it it makes it sound easier it's like oh yeah that all makes sense but it's like uh no (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) like i did a summer at an animal shelter randomly and now i'm like at this fortune 500 company like it didn't make sense back then (laughs) (laughs) but did you have like a first job to kind of um because i know you said you like been doing like started some stuff since you were like young did you have like a First job out of school that kind of helped uh, cultivate this interest of like kind of like what you're doing now.
2: Yeah i
1: I think it was actually it was actually part of so I went to Duke for my undergrad degree
2: and one of their programs was called Duke in Silicon Valley. So it was a class that we took out at Stanford that was around disruptive innovation, which sounds kind of boring. But it was very, like, academic, like, case studies and all this stuff. Kind of a taste of business school. And I was like, as an engineer, too. I was kind of like, a lot of this is bullshit. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it was really cool. It was a really great professor. Um, you know, he played basketball at Dukes. So this guy's, like, seven feet tall. Matt Christensen. Great guy. And he made the made the class exciting, but then showed that there can really be, like, repeatable kind of ways to think about how to start up that can give you a competitive advantage for why you would win over a big, big entrenched company with millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I just found it fascinating. I found it really fascinating. And then we started meeting with some companies out there. I'm like, I want to do this. I really want to do this. This is me. And. And that's when I kind of knew, like, and it was funny. I, I ended up on that path from a sports injury. I was snowboarding and I broke my <laughs> elbow and the the plate that they put in at the surgery got infected. Oh my so gosh. I had to like, it was really scary. I had to take off a a, a semester at school. So I had no idea where I was going to go. So that was at the time where, you know, I'm a junior in college. Like that's that super high pressure moment for a lot of people. It's like, oh, you have to get your internship, and like it's gonna be, and like that internship is probably gonna give you a job offer, and that's gonna be your trajectory, and it's like very, very tracked and scary and like intimidating. And that was totally thrown for a loop because I'm like, okay, well, I can't even do a summer internship because I'm be taking classes. But I ended up taking this class that was out in Silicon Valley, and you know, lit that spark for, hey, I want to do startups. So it was very, <laughs> it was not in my control at that point. <laughs> Um, but yeah, after that, I, I decided actually to go to grad school right out of undergrad because I was doing, I started doing some projects. I started, I built an iOS app for, for music production. Um, and I was working on that as a senior in college as kind of a independent research project, but then started building it over the summer and decided, you know, I want to keep doing this. So I went to grad school because I want to be out in California. Um, but then, you know, I thought I might be doing that for, you know, Right, I thought I could turn that into a company, and then I met my co-founder when I was in grad school on a totally different path, and that led to work today. <laughs> so, it really was. It sounds so logical. It's like, oh, engineering degree, masters, startup, like, totally. But, no, literally it was this this injury, this elbow injury led me to do this class, and I just kind of followed the shiny light. You know, definitely, obviously, like, it was like, okay, I have some technical skills here, but it was very, it's, <laughs> it looks so clean looking back, but yeah, it was it was scary. But it's very opportunistic, you know, and you just kinda have faith in yourself, faith in what you're passionate about and what you think you can make work. You
1: just do it. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, first of all, I'm so stuck on the like breaking the part of I would oh my I would have had so many meltdowns I would have been like, oh, it's over <laughs> like oh, I would have oh, had yeah. so many meltdowns. <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes it just sucks.
2: Right? <laughs> like there's sometimes when no, it's it's just there's no way to make it better. And like, you know, when you're in the hospital for like seven days thinking you might lose your arm, it's like, damn, like it may, it clarifies what's important. Like I did have some, all my friends, um, from school came in, actually came into my hotel room and that's when I was really clarifying of like, wow, damn relationships really matter. It really makes a big difference. Um, but also just like, hey, life is short. <laughs> also, <laughs> prioritize your health for sure. Like, I really like my arm. I want to keep my arm <laughs> Not doing dumb stuff on a snowboard. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Sometimes it just sucks. And but those those are the moments that I feel like you you learn the most is that like those challenging hard times. It's when I got really close with my mom. Um, she was there to help every step of the way. It's got really close with my friends. It's when I you know it was like, all right. Let's think outside the framework of doing a internship and then getting a job. It's like, forget that. Like, just figure out what you think you're going to be good at. Figure out what you think you like and just go with it. Uh, and I think breaking off that track that a lot of, you know, people from you know, Duke and, you know, just engineering schools and just I feel like every university nowadays, it's so tracked. I think
1: getting out of that was actually helpful. And, like, to fast-forwarding into. Kind of now that you have your arm, that we now we all know you need your arm. Like, how so did you and your co founder like come up with like the concept for hyper eyes? Like, yeah, was so it based off Sarah, of you getting your arm? Uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: um, uh, so Sarah, Sarah, um, my co founder was doing her research on kids in schools around stress. Um, and actually, she found meditation through her own experience with anxiety. So, she you know, similar with. She was at Microsoft as a product manager. She had, a, you know, she's living in Seattle with, you know, has a boyfriend, like stable, stable everything, and then decides, okay, you know, break up with my boyfriend. Oh gosh. Quit my, quit my job. Go to grad school. Change cities. It's like so much change that she's like, you know, it just she started to experience what she could at least label as anxiety for the first time. She's like, damn, I need, a, I need some tools to, to you know cope with this and manage all this stress and not not be able to sleep what you know whatever that might be and uh, so she found meditation she found it really really helpful and then she got like started reading a ton about the effects and started working with kids in schools and she's like wow like this really works but similar to me like she played sports growing up as well she played basketball at NYU and she you know (laughs) as an athlete you're very much taught like grit And mental (laughs) fortitude is the way through and, you know, just get stronger and leaner and faster, but you got to just be disciplined and put the stress aside. Um, And so to to slow down and be present with your thoughts and your emotions doesn't really resonate. (laughs) Um, But even so this was, you know, six or seven years ago now, you know, meditation in prioritizing your mental health still had a, very much a stigma around it. It's like, Oh, you have to meditate. Like, what are you? Oh, you know, a, a hippie, a weirdo. Do you live up? <laughs> like that was very much the case. You know, like I grew up playing hockey, like my friends from Boston found out that I was meditating. They're going to think I'm a weirdo. <laughs> but luckily, you know, we, so Sarah and I, honestly, we both resonated over really like that issue because like, we're like, Hey, like we've both, we both found meditation personally. And it was this very practical to help you sleep calm down your thoughts help me with my ADHD and just really just you know calm and bring some calm and clarity to your thoughts which is just so you can go out and keep doing what you're doing and so it was just really stressful that you know the way that meditation was presented out in the world was just not that way um and luckily with a lot of the popular meditation apps that's that's changing a bit people are starting to realize oh wait this is like a very practical useful tool that we should try um but we started seeing the people using the apps and they're like oh wait i've tried it but i give up i try it and i give up i try it and i give up I'm like why is that happening and uh <laughs> yeah we started talking to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people and the same kind of themes around the pain point started coming up i'm like all right let's build it let's
1: try to build a product that fixes it <laughs> no like, honestly you i, I, right I feel that <laughs> I yeah, feel have that. you meditated before have you well before? like yeah, yeah like it's like for me like i struggle with anxiety also and it's really bad and i remember like My doctor um, and, like, even in undergrad, like, my therapist at the time was like, oh, yeah, try meditation. And I was like, bro, that's not going to work. Like, what is that going to do? And in my head, I'm like, oh, I just need to go to the gym, put on a good playlist and, like, whatever. And then I found myself, like, still having, like, whatever. And honestly, this year was, like, the first time that I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to try meditation again because one of my favorite people, Jay Shetty, always talks about it. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to actually give it a try and, like, actually be productive." And so I tried it for a straight week yo like my sleep and everything got so much better and even i still try to do it like to this day i try to do it before bed like i Mm -hmm. if i have a really good schedule i can do it like 15 minutes when i wake up and then like 15 before bed but i at least have like my bedtime one where it's like last 15 minutes i like don't put on any devices and just do it and it's so well done and it really it really did change like my anxiety i was able to sleep better not get up at like 4 a.m. or whatever and, like, have racing thoughts, but it, like, really helps, like, calm everything.
2: I'm, I'm so happy for you. That's all. I mean, that's all. It's awesome to start hearing these stories, too. People are just picking it up and trying it. Like, keep in mind, when I first saw it, I picked it up in high school, early high school, and I went to the library and I picked up a book on Buddhism and Zen meditation, and that's how I learned it which was impossible. It was so hard. I was like, this is so hard. I was like, is this like a religious thing? Like, what is this thing? It was was so difficult. Now we have, you know, these great apps you can download for free and try a trial and like do YouTube videos or, you know, even like a lot of people on, you know, Instagram, like posting, you know, stories and content of like, you know, your fitness instructor that also does meditation. So you get to, you know, hear it from their perspective. It's just so much more accessible, which is so great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard though, right? Like you're not doing it every day, right? You're not doing it every week. But the other thing is like, you don't have to do like 20 minutes. You don't have to do an hour, right? There's even, I don't know if you've tried breath training, but you can do these, you know, breathing exercises that take like three minutes that like Navy SEALs have been doing for years because it helps them, you know, essentially self-regulate. You're talking about your nervous system. You chill out really fast and you do it in like, Three minutes, or even before your call. If you're doing a podcast, you want to get and focus, You can do a little breathing exercise for a minute. It's really cool. It's really easy, and it has no, an And you don't have to get into all the you know the intimidating woo woo concepts of <laughs> and all these crazy things that are like what the hell is this? So you can just you start there, and then you can kind of start to add on the kind of the pieces that
1: you want. But no, because I've tried I've tried the breathing one, but I haven't been like as uh, consistent with that. But I remember. Uh, my doctor or somebody was, like, talking about, like, oh, when you have your panic attacks or whatever, like, try breathing ones, and I remember, like, um, an episode of Keep It with the Kardashians where Kylie was, like, oh, yeah, I get anxiety, and whenever I do, I count the different colors I see around me, and mm. that, like, calms my mind, so I started doing that, so instead of breathing exercises, like, I always remember that thing that she said, so if I'm at an event or something, and because I a lot of times when I'm at events, which is also difficult for this career, like, I'll get anxiety from, like, being in social settings, and so I have to, like, psych and flip my mind quickly, and so the first thing I'll do is I'll, like, start counting the color, I'll, like, start looking at the colors in the room, and I'll be like, oh, that's a nice shade of, like, brown and whatever, I'll go there, and so then it starts to weigh down, but I feel like if I get those, like, breathing exercises down, I'll be able to, like, Calm down a lot faster in social settings it's so, I'm okay. like, this, like i edited. am
2: so with you there i i mean i'm an engineer i i'm a no rare <laughs> engineer that can even function with people but it's a, a huge mask i i am very intimidated by social situations <laughs> for sure <laughs> but yeah you got to just kind of come up with your different tools right and it's interesting to hear you talk about the colors one because like you know a, a meditation instructor is going to say oh that's that's noting. That's noting. That's this technique that's been studied for thousands of years. It's actually called the Pasana. And they're gonna use terminology. It's just what, dude, it's called labeling a color. It's just looking at a color and saying what it is, right? It's because meditation is actually a very like meditation and mindfulness, it's a very simple concept. It's like resting your attention on one thing, so whether it's that color. But and it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. It's just really hard to do. It's like resting your yeah. attention on one thing. Are you kidding me? Like my mind's already thinking of like five things That's so just right? really it's
1: stressful. <laughs> you do it again and again. But you can find what works and just do it again and again and exercise that over and over. Yeah, that's honestly what it is. So yeah, so like I'll be <clears throat> like an event or something, and it'll be a lot of people i will be like stressed out. And I'm like, oh gosh, so many people. And so like I'll flip it and be like, let's start counting the colors and whatever yeah. like that. Or, like, I have other, like, techniques where I, like, reposition myself at a certain angle that'll, like, help me feel, quote-unquote, not trapped or whatever. I have a lot of, like, techniques and stuff. I don't seem to do an episode where I break that down, but I have so many techniques that I do where I just, like, help do that if I can't, like, kind of quiet my mind in the other, like, breathing exercises or ways, but different quick things that I can do to kind of, like, calm and, like... make
2: Wait, can I... Can we do something weird? Can I teach you a very simple breathing one. Can we try it? Can we have the people at home do it too? (laughs) Let's do it. it. Let's go. All right, we're going to do it. We call it it whiskey breath because it calms (laughs) you like a big glass of whiskey. So So, so in general with the the breath, the inhale is going to energize you and focus you. Your heart rate's actually going to go up a little bit when you're inhaling. And then when you exhale, that's going to relax you. And it's slowly going to reduce your heart rate a little bit. So what you do with this whiskey breath is you have a shorter inhale and then a longer exhale. So we can do like four seconds, eight seconds. We'll do four seconds inhale and eight seconds exhale. So I'm gonna just do two. And we'll see if we feel any different. <laughs> we might <laughs> But let's try it. All right. All right. So we're going to start. We're going to do four in, eight out. I'll count. So we'll do two cycles. So all right. Inhale. Two, three, four. Exhale. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then count on your own. Inhale.
1: Exhale. So weird. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I kind of do feel a little bit, I feel a little bit better, you know, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll, I'll I'll keep trying. I'll keep trying. <laughs>
0: Ready to unlock the full potential of your media spend? Whether you're looking to launch a new product, build your brand, or help increase sales this quarter, Walmart Connect helps brands make an impact with precise targeting, powerful analytics, and the reach of America's number one retailer. Walmart Connect offers solutions for advertisers of all sizes on and off Walmart's digital properties and in their stores. From cost effective sponsored search and self serve display ads on Walmart's site and apps, to connected TV and off site media across web and social, to in store activations and live events. Walmart Connect can help you deliver the right content to the right Walmart customer at the right step of their shopping journey. And Walmart Connect's closed-loop measurement means they can track the full impact of your campaign on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in-store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today to find out how you can start connecting with Walmart's 139 million weekly online and in-store customers. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections.
2: Yeah, but... It's interesting, I mean, the first, especially doing those techniques together. We did them as a group when we were first recording our content with our meditation instructors. And everyone's like, <sighs> like, blowing all these noises. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? <laughs> but, it, but yeah, once you start to try it, like it even like I have, I've seen effects, like if you do it in three, four cycles, just that long exhale, like I'll do it in before bed when I'm, you know, if I had too much coffee or something, right? And I'm, I can tell my heart's beating. I'll literally just do like three cycles of that. And I swear to you, it reduces your heart rate a little bit, your thoughts start to calm down, and it works. It helps you sleep. And uh, it's cool. It's really easy. You can do it in less than a minute,
1: which is really nice. Okay, speaking of coffee before bed, i got to put this to bed, literally. <laughs> um, coffee, I can drink, like, three cups before bed and still go to sleep. I right. don't know if my body is just immune to coffee, <laughs> but, like, I keep people that – that topic keeps coming. People are like, I can't have coffee, like, right now. Like, it'll – I won't be up. I'll be up for another two hours. I feel like I'm the only one that can drink like three cups and go to bed peacefully. Like I don't know if I'm just immune to it now. I want to like up. I want to hook up my product here and see where your heart rate's at. You're probably just like <laughs> just going all the time. You don't even know it. <laughs> like like look like the guy on Wolf of Wall Street, just like going. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but like kind of going back to like our topic of like just like young people like talking about it, what I think is really cool that you guys do is you guys have a lot of uh, like athletes like Naomi and others who kind of like are bringing to the forefront. They're like, Hey, you know what? Like I struggle with this too. And I feel like that's mm-hmm. one thing that I like seeing nowadays, what a lot of people is like, we're kind of normalizing, talking about it where it seems mm-hmm. like previous, like I remember one commercial, like when uh, was it Michael Phelps, commercial his about like mm-hmm. his anxiety and stuff. That was like the first time I saw, like, I was like, Oh, okay. We're talking about it now. And, like, his link up with, like, his sponsors. And now we're seeing, like, Naomi and other athletes, like, talk about their mental health practices and what they're doing. And I feel like that's so good. And we're starting to now see a shift. Like, we definitely have more work to go. But what I really like about you guys, like, you guys really kind of, like, push that to the front where it's like, yo, like, even a lot of your favorite idols, like, we're all dealing with these things. Like, it's not Absolutely. just a, like, you thing. It's, like, all of us. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's
2: so great to see it kind of, like, if you will, coming from the top, right? Like it's like, Oh wait, to get to the top. No, you have to just work harder. You have to just be tougher. Right. You got to just push, push, push. And to be able to see, Oh wait, these people absolutely struggle with these same things. It's so normalizing. And it's like, it's motivating, right? To me, it's no motivating because it's like, Oh wait, I can be like a CEO of a crazy company or like LeBron James and, and still meditate, still slow down and take the time. It's like, it seems like an oxymoron at first, right? Like, no, I'm going to drive harder And wow, we can now talk about it. And it's such a delicate subject though. Right. Because I think sometimes we have seen people even use, you know, the cop out of, Oh, I, I need a mental health day, but they're just not, you know, it's some, it's like, Oh, I just don't really want to go to work today. Like it is, there is a balance, right? There is a balance. Mm-hmm. Like, but we, but there are other people that or other days when you are having like crushing anxiety or depression or whatever that might be and you really very much need a mental health day. So it's just it's just a lot harder to quantify, right? Because if you, you know, if you are sick with strep throat, you can go get a doctor's note for that. You can't get a doctor's note for a mental health day. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder to tell. So it's just just really really delicate thing, but like you said, the fact that it's now a conversation that we're having is a massive step in the right direction. So I'm really, really excited to see more of that happen.
1: Yeah, and I felt, and I'm, I'm loving seeing it, like now it's kind of like implemented, like especially like in like our generation and stuff where like us in the workplace, we're now coming up parts of leadership where we're like normalizing the conversation where it's like, hey, like if you have a mental health, if you need a mental health day, you have like this going on or struggling with this, like these are some resources or, hey, I want to equip you with like, you'll take the power to like, Go talk to your therapist. If you need to take five, uh, like an hour to go to your therapy appointment, like do that. And that's like one thing that I really like seeing even within like my company and my friends and like other places where they're like, Yeah, like I'm taking an hour off to go to therapy. And maybe years ago that would have been like, Why are you going to therapy? that's Where it's like now like kind of normal where it's like that's like as if to, I don't know, like going to get your hair done where it's like, Yeah, yeah. I'm going to therapy. Like it's yep. it's normal. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly it's right. the way it should be. And, like, my thing that that I'm interested in, like, is there a way that you guys, like, specifically market in a way to authentic, like, you've got, like, the meditation products that you have and stuff and to market it to Gen Z and Millennials where it's, like, done in an authentic way? Because I feel like a lot of times whenever brands want to position their stuff to, like, younger audiences, it's in a way where it's like, hey, kids, like... I know what's going on with you, like I get it, like. But how do you like? I feel like through your guys, like TikTok and stuff, like it's done in an organic way where it where it's still like, yes, like you guys have a product or whatever, but it's like leveraging it in a way where it's like, no, like we get you, we see you, and these are some ways that like are helping us. This is what would help you. Yeah, I mean, I. It's funny. I think
2: in some ways we've been talking about it because, you know, it's <laughs> we call it whiskey breath. We don't call it, you know, we don't call it what it's been, you know, talked about and classified as in books and literature for hundreds of years, right? Like it doesn't a lot of that, you know, the the lingo and terminology around meditation is really distracting and like really doesn't resonate with especially like younger audiences. Cause in when you really look at it, you don't need it. You don't need a lot of that sometimes. Like it's You're inhaling for four seconds and you're exhaling for eight seconds. Like that's what it is. You don't need to (laughs) call it. So call it whiskey breath because you feel good after, right? You feel warm, like you feel calm. (laughs) Call it that. And I think those are the types of decisions where it's like remove the, you know, kind of just the crap, get rid of the noise, (laughs) and and put it put it in a package where people can digest it, people resonate with it. I think another way we do that is yeah, with with partnering with voices that you know younger people respect and resonate with so they can talk about it in the right way and use the right language like Naomi Osaka right like that's it It makes it a lot more a lot more natural a lot more relatable and it just our instructors too right we don't have one one instructor that does all of our content right that has this great brand around him or her we we have multiple that have uh, that are a different. There are different ages that are different demographics. Like to to re, and, but deliver a lot of the same techniques, but just in different ways. Says, hey, you know, so they might be referring to their TikTok. The other one might be referring to their MySpace page. <laughs> you know, <It> <laughs> oh,
1: what a time! What a time! Wait, I heard they're like also bringing that back. I don't know if that was like a fever dream or if I actually heard that, but I swear I heard they're trying to bring that back from the grave
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Twitter and meta stuff going on. Now people are just like over the social network. Oh gosh.
1: (laughs) But speaking of offline and social network, like do you guys like do any events and stuff to kind of connect with people? And person? because I know you guys do a lot of like cool stuff like on social and other ways, but well, well, fun fact,
2: we, so we launched core in January of 2020. um, And we had a physical meditation studio in downtown San Francisco. So full build out. We have you know you have meditation cushions in there. We have instructors doing classes every day. Um, so that was about what month and a half before COVID. Um, so as <laughs> soon as COVID hit, we had to shut that down because um, we can't have people in person uh, doing big breathing, <laughs> bitten everywhere. Like we can't do that. So um, yeah, we had to uh, change a little bit. But no, now that so COVID definitely threw you know threw us in a little bit. But you know. Now we've been able to, you know, start ramping back up again. And and the thing with our product too is it's it's a little hard to explain like on a website or even on a podcast, right? It's a physical device that vibrates and has these sensors. It's it's, it's similar to a lot of other high price products. You got to feel it. You got to put it in your hands and feel this experience to really to really get it. So no, we very much prioritize having in person events We people can just try this thing. Because we've also just we've we've hosted group meditations before, and when people are in a group. Doing this together, getting vulnerable together, doing these weird breathing techniques together—it brings you. It just it makes it a better experience. It makes you vulnerable, and just gives you you know into a deeper experience, and you build connections there. So yeah, we, you know, we've done. We have a lot of pop up events. We were at NFL House at the Super Bowl this year. Um, we are. We have meditation stations going into offices um, with a bunch of different companies around around the U S already. So yeah and it's 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 really exciting to see and people people love it so well, that's so cool that's so
1: it. cool i'm like bring a meditation student bring one bring one here to new york like i'm down I, give me a comfy pillow like let's do it <laughs> But um, for my last question to kind of wrap us up, like for everybody who's like, Brian, cool, love that you were an engineer. Now you're doing this cool business. Um, I don't know how to do that. Like, what if I stand for somebody who's looking to kind of like into this realm of work, but really doesn't know where to start? Like, I'm thinking of like college students who are like, like we talked about or, like their junior year or like someone who's early in their career that's like looking to kind of do this type of work in like the health wellness space.
2: I mean, the age-old advice of networking and talking to people. If you don't want to call it networking, just call it making <laughs> friends that are older than you. <laughs> I don't know, you know? It's it's talk to people and, and go to, like, go to events. And, like, even with clubs, if you're on a college campus, like, you have a, I don't know, if you have a, a fitness club, be the president of it or be even the events coordinator because then you're going to get the inbound, right? You're going to be getting messages from people like me that's like, hey, we want to do a recruiting event here or we want to do a talk here. You're talking to that person now. And now you can say, and then you can go get coffee with that person or a little Zoom chat afterwards. Like, hey, like, I'd love to hear how you got on this path. And that person's going to tell you about a different company that you didn't know about or telling you a different role that you didn't think about. And if you know that earlier than other people, you're you're at an advantage. Or you can filter that out. Be like, actually, crap. Another talk to this person. I don't want to do this. (laughs) (laughs) This is helpful, for sure, you know? Um, So just talk to people. Um, And yeah, just don't be afraid. And, And if you can, in some way, this is a tactical thing, practical one. If you can have like a project that you can talk about in an interview like you did like a hackathon or you did literally just like i did a podcast i recorded a podcast or i did a TikTok channel on sports and i brought in a couple different people to talk about it and grow the conversation we've had x many million or you know x many thousand followers something tangible something that like you're trying to, you're doing stuff and putting stuff out there that's gonna go a really really long way so just, I mean, I guess it's a hustle, the hustle app too, but do something. <laughs> something.
1: <laughs> no, but that's so true about the events when like, I feel like, especially for me in media, like I met so many who would like come and host stuff on our campus and I would just like talk to them. And then they would mention like, Oh yeah. For like the summer, we have this opportunity going on for those who are interested in like media and events. Like people, I always tell people I'm like hanging out in the student union and like those places and spaces, mm-hmm. even just like events in your area. Like, just meeting and talking to people, you'd be surprised like how far that goes. 100%. 100%. Like, honestly. Hmm. But Brian, thank you so much for being here, blessing us, teaching us all the breathing
2: exercises.
1: I can't believe
2: we just did a, a deep breathing on the call. That's awesome. Actually I don't know i do actually know. I don't know. Like, I you're in anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we solved everyone's problems.
1: Yeah, it's like you're solving, like you know, you're solving, you're solving so many issues, like one breath at a time. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for being here, and Glad definitely we... have to come back again to t- do more yeah. exercises.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll do another, we'll do a box breath next time. <laughs> and wow, how great was this episode? If you were like me, you probably took a lot of notes and have a lot of questions and comments. So if you do, feel free to add us at Adweek across Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. And we'd love to hear from you all. And feel free to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts that always helps us. And we can't wait to hear from you all and see you in the next episode. So bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Young Influentials, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Al Manorino, executive produced by Chris Aarons and edited by Lane McGibney at Bountville Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.
0: If you expect your media investment to deliver clear, measurable results, Walmart Connect can help you get there with powerful analytics and the reach of America's number one retailer. Their closed loop measurement uses Walmart's proprietary customer purchase data to track the impact of your campaigns on sales, not just on Walmart's site and app, but also in store. For some campaigns, they can even provide rest-of-market data that tracks the impact on sales at other retailers. Visit walmartconnect.com today and see how they can help make your media spend meaningful. Walmart Connect. More than media. Meaningful connections.
1: Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family.